0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Colin Drew. We are here for the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational, one of the newer tournaments on tour. This used to be played the week before a major championship. I can't, for the life of me, remember which one, and it used to be played as just a normal no-cut event. And I think that I never won money at this event i remember catching a a dj withdrawal after like eight holes and our our buddy ryan forbes uh great great twitter follow at rifle 18 just just every every year at this event he tweets out setting a reminder in my phone a year from now to just donate my money to uh st jude instead of playing this event on draftkings.com so that's where we're at colin
1: olympics How had the olympics go did you i mean i thought it was pretty cool i thought of you know all the people who could have won, especially the Americans. Seeing Xander win was pretty cool. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I like Olympic golf a little bit, not quite as good as the the gambling sweat, but it does seem like a, a low rent WGC.
0: Um, I was I was into it. I thought it was cool. I've been I've been pretty into the Olympics. But we get done with our show. I go to go. I you know I made my dummy team when we were doing the show, and I go to go register it into contest can't participate no can't participate in olympic contests in missouri what a what i mean bad beat gonna end up being a bad beat for my uh, my crowns for my achievements on DraftKings. i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to email them and say it's not my fault that i didn't get the iron man challenge it was the fact that you guys didn't want to pay for the licensing in missouri tough <laughs> tough scenes yeah. yeah i'm in the so, great
1: state of new hampshire this week so i've got access to to all the legal sports books you've been, yeah desire. you've
0: been have you been firing
1: not not yet, but it's it's only Tuesday.
0: Yeah. All right. So the FedEx St. Jude Invitational, tell me a little bit about the course that they're playing.
1: TPC Southwind, par 70 course, 7,200 yards, which in terms of par adjusted distances, it's like reasonably long for a par 70 course. But um, I don't know. I mean, it. the course is definitely one that favors more accurate players, that favors approach. It doesn't reward driving distance quite as much. So it's not too shocking to, to hear you say that you haven't had success here in the past. And um, I think, you know, looking at the T to green leaders, you know, last year it was JT who won the event and led T to green. But in the year before that, you had guys like Tommy Fleetwood, Patrick Green, Matt Fitzpatrick, Jim Furick, who are all top five in T to green. And so I think that kind of sums up a little bit of, as far as what you can expect of the course. Definitely not one that the bombers are going to be able to take advantage of in any noteworthy way. And definitely one where it brings in the entire field as far as, you know, the ability to contend or at least top 10, the event.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, as you would expect a WGC event, it is, I mean, even, even to, to say stacked is like, honestly, even underrating it a little bit like the, the, the top fifteen here—it's like insane. Re- reading the names, like ev- everyone who is good is here. Of course, this is a no-cut event. Your mandatory hashtag. Four days of scoring for your for your Wade Ormsbys yeah. of the this, world.
1: This is where guys get paid too, right? Like they're yeah, the majors are over and guys are definitely trying to find form for the majors. But guys are also trying to find form leading into the FedEx Cup playoffs, and so I, I expect you know. You're going to see guys playing well prepared. Most of the guys are well rested. Are you like reading into anything for the guys who were playing in the Olympics? Morikawa, Xander, some of the top end names, but guys like Rory who were over there as well. Do you think travel matters at all coming off of the Open, or is it just whatever?
0: I mean, we touted it. We touted it that it didn't matter. Last, how did how did Reed end up finishing? Uh, honestly, I I don't even. I don't even know, but I know that Reed is playing this week, which is hilarious that he is coming back, flew over there, and now is flying back. I mean, he's just getting them checks, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, the WGC, you show if you get paid. So, But I mean, the FedEx is obviously looming, and so these guys are trying to play.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so the top, we have uh, six guys who are above 10,000, Colin Morikawa at 11,000, Xander at 10.8, Brooks at 10.6, speed at 10.4 feels like a pretty speedy course dustin johnson at 10.2 and then somehow a not sad rory mcelroy rory after the event was like that was amazing it was so fun to play i i shouldn't have given the olympics such a hard time before i was playing so very unpredictable this guy
1: definitely it was good to see though uh, i i think in general the like you said the field is stacked um I don't think that there's a dominant player. Rom is not in the field this week. He's one of the notable absences. Not sure if that's still the COVID oriented with like quarantine. But my first inclination was just not to pay up for Morikawa or Xander, and that wasn't even as much to do with the Olympics, but just there's tons of talent in this field, and and paying 11k for you know guys who are marginally better than the next tier just didn't seem like the right way to go. And then you add in any travel on top of that. So I'm probably off of Xander, who was partying it up on his plane, probably off of Morikawa as well. Uh, and then that kind of brings you down to Kepkin and Spieth, who are both kind of interesting for different reasons. They're coming in with some of the best form of the field, guys that maybe over the last 12 months haven't played the best, but they're definitely playing to their A game over this last little three-month stretch.
0: Yeah, so... I, I mean,
1: it feels like a speed course.
0: It, I was going to say, I can't be even believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but it does feel like speed is probably the premium course fit short-term form. Like, you know, not, not even, not even the most expensive guy now he does have an, inc- like he is going to be mega chalk. Like he is going to be mega chalk this week mm-hmm. for sure.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've I got it like 22% right now.
0: But that at a, at, at a WGC, there's a lower number of golfers taking ownership. So that like that, that well, am I, am I saying that backwards? So if there's a lower number of golfers taking ownership, I guess 22% is flatter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, like if there's, few, well, g- generally it doesn't matter too much because the guys who are missing are like the, guy, the guys who are like 70th in the world to 120th. So you're not really missing quite as much um, as far as the top end guys. But uh, I do think even if Speed picks up a little bit, it seems like right now the market is pretty split between Spieth and Brooks. And I, I mean, it makes sense. Like if you throw out Brooks miscut at the Palmetto Championship, he's coming in with a sixth, fifth, fourth, second. Like this year, he's basically been miscut or he's contending on Sunday. So uh, I think the market in general is pretty split between those two guys and then probably bypassing Dustin Johnson and Rory McElroy.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. And then, I mean, I guess I will, of course, tout if look, if Rory is actually going to be single digit owned, I mean, like, what, what do you want me to say? Like, is he the best golfer in the world these days? No. Is he still one of the best drivers of the golf ball? Yes. Is he horrendous with his wedges and the putting? Like the putting has not gotten any better. The, the putting, if anything, has actually gotten worse. It, it, I don't know. Maybe he's got the, he's got uh, the yips or something when he's standing over the putter. Cause it's really bad.
1: Yeah, it's def- definitely not great for Rory. I mean, I-, I think his price is still too high. Like, yeah, Rory might be 10%, but JT's 13%. JT's playing a lot better and he's cheaper. So I'm still having a hard time getting to Rory, even at that ownership level. I'd, I'd want to see it. Same thing, like DJ and Rory, same ownership. Definitely prefer DJ between those two. So I'd want to see it lower even to get me there. Um, yeah. Usti is like... Uh, The type of course just seems like it would be a course fit for Usti as well. He's coming in incredible form. Feels like he was like Mopey going into the 3M, still finished second. He's got a bunch of top five, top 10 finishes on the year. He's kind of geared up for the majors. He's playing more golf than he typically does. Um, But he's going to be 22%. And I feel like eventually like that has to break people, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you are, I think you are probably right. I mean, I, I echo everything you said about him though. Like I, I don't, I mean, when's the last time you heard someone make like an Usti, like withdraw joke or something like he just has been playing super good golf and, and he would be a guy you would think of as a course fit here too, like very good at managing the course, not going to be super inaccurate off the tee, pretty good with his wedges above average putter, like all, all of those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It definitely feels like the type of course set up for someone like him. And yeah, he's definitely been elite with the putter over this, this heater that he's on, but generally a good putter anyways, 10th in the field in approach. So I see it. It's just, I don't know the, you know, no cut events. I tend to eat a little bit more chalk, try to still try to find like one or two pivot spots on the roster, but when you have the four days of scoring there's not like the cut inducing variance either um and so trying to build rosters that way i think's fine
0: yeah so like i i guess from a from a game theory perspective are you feeling the, like including one of the 10k guys in every lineup or or and you could even extend that to to jt is is the right way to go do you think there's more money to be made in the middle because like the the bottom end of these events is you know, I mean, look, there are good golfers down there. Like there are some guys who are drawing totally dead, like your, your Min Woo Lee's, but I mean, Robert McIntyre, Cameron champ. Like, I mean, there are, there are good golfers down there, even if they're not great course. Fits. I,
1: I think the field is flat. I feel like it's so flat this week. Like Morikawa and Xander just pretty overpriced. Yeah. They're better, but I don't see this like massive disconnect between like Spieth, Cantlay, Daniel Berger. And all those guys, I mean, these are some of the popular names. They're all some of the best values as well. And I could see an argument to starting a roster with like Cantlay and Daniel Berger if you wanted to. I'd probably start like 80% of them with one of the top end guys and round it out. But I definitely could see an argument to starting it with Cantley Berger, especially this type of course. Like we said, it's not a course where you have guys who are going to overpower it. So that flattens the field a little bit as well. And it brings in like the types of players like Cantlay, like burger, like a Webb Simpson or Matthew Fitzpatrick. So I think there's tons of options in this mid-tier, and I could see an argument for starting flatter than you typically would.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I guess I, the argument against that would be, like, Bryson, pretty horrendous course fit. Um, you know, is, is Chef, like... Hey, have, are you buying into there's narrative on Scheffler that he crushes strong field events and does awful on, on the off events? Cause like, I, I don't, I wish I could give credit to this, but I saw someone tweet like every WGC and major he's played the last year. He's like T 10 at least. And then he like, is like missing the cut at like, you know, the poo decanter or whatever the equivalent of that would be.
1: Yeah. That's pretty interesting. I haven't caught wind of that narrative yet, but um, I mean, I think when you start to think about what, how much of that's like variance first, how much of that could be true, what would cause it to be true. And he is definitely like off the tee heavy. And a lot of the majors in WGCs tend to be played on more challenging courses on tougher courses. So it's not just the field strength. It's the actual course is tougher. And I think that could be playing into it a little bit. He's kind of an average putter. So maybe like the birdie fest events don't suit him quite as well. Um, and yeah, like I think approach is probably his weakness. So I'm probably not going to play Scheffler this week. I would prefer Cantley and Berger um, outright. And they're all kind of about the same ownership. I-, I could see that being a thing with Scheffler, but I think it's more the distance and off the tee play than it is like rising to the occasion or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and also, you know, it it literally could just be random distribution of shots like that. That also happens yeah. too. That's I, like explainer. Kepka talks
1: about it a little bit. Like it's almost, I almost feel like Kepka. You have to believe it at a certain point. Like it's happened for for so long, and he talks about like the types of courses and just preferring courses where like it's hard, where like par is a good score, not having to shoot like twenty two under.
0: Yeah, what what is like a good winning score here usually? I like 13 I I top
1: last year with with JT and um I, I think that's where you're gonna see it kind of in the like the low teens, maybe the mid teens, but it's a par 72, like so you don't have you're missing those par fives, which are auto birdies for a lot of these players, uh, at least, you know, like half the time. Um so yeah, low teens probably winning
0: score. Yeah. Um Okay. Uh, I, thoughts on, I, so theoretically, I was thinking that Hideki would be a good course fit, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a spot where you don't have to make a million birdies. But like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about flying over, flying back. Uh, obviously, probably a little like a bummed out because, uh, you know, what was not amongst the medalists or anything like that, maybe maybe a little bummed for Hideki. Uh,
1: yeah, I think the ownership's gonna be extremely low on Hideki and so I guess that's one of the counterpoints to that is like at like how much is too much as far as the ownership
0: yeah um all right the next range the eight thousand dollar guys we have Finau, Fitzpatrick, Reed, Lowry, Webb, Neiman, Answer, Cam Smith, Corey Connors, Tommy Fleetwood, Webb feels like a just a mega dunk here even even at you know, 16, 17% ownership. And I never even say that, but web yeah, price lowered- is like
1: the first time, like we, we can go back and edit this if you want Davis. I don't think you. Well, I'm used to him
0: being, down. I'm used to him being priced by Cantlay, right? Like, Oh, we're, we're setting up for uh, the U S open and uh, you know, web is $9,100 and he's coming in at 14% projected ownership. Like, and he's not that great of a course fit, but I feel like great course fit. And he's, I mean, price next to Joaquin Neiman and Abraham Answer, he's like three tiers of golfer better than that, at least in my mind.
1: It, like over the last two three years, he probably is. Um, I'd I say maybe not so much right now, but uh, he's probably comparable to those guys. Um, I, I prefer Matthew Fitzpatrick, or I guess Nat Fitzpatrick now is, is what he wants to go by. But, um, I, I would prefer Reed and Fitzpatrick at lower ownership than Webb. Reed, you have the travel concerns, so that's why I've kind of flagged Fitzpatrick over him. If I had to choose between those two for a single entry, I think I'd prefer Fitz over both Reed and Webb Simpson.
0: Yeah, uh, Connors, I guess is all these a guys big... are
1: good. Like, Con- like I, they're all a... pretty similar, don't you? He's
0: don't... a I do. I agree with you. And I was going to say Connors feels like a good, like he, the projections like him feels like he's a little bit underpriced, but I would worry about him on a golf course where it's a little bit narrower. He's going to be hitting some shots out of the rough where other guys are going to be playing out of the fairway. Cause they don't hit it as far, things like that. Like, I don't know. Like I think I'd take Zalatoris maybe because feel to me, Zalatoris is, Maybe and maybe this is a horrendous take, but I, I do feel like he has a very good handle on these courses. Like I, I was so impressed by what he did at Augusta and, and and what he's done at a lot of the major championships and and big events, like the first time he's played them, he's just managed the course so well.
1: Yeah. I think like we have the baseline on Connors just so much stronger than Zaltoris. We actually have Zaltoris as a negative course fit, Connors as a positive course fit. Um the argument for for Zaltoris, I think it's leverage is where you would be going with that i probably don't feel like i need to take that stand there especially if like it seems like there's gonna be a lot of guys in the like seven k's that are like five to ten percent and so i don't think you have to do anything like super extreme to to pick up like a couple spots of leverage um and so i'm probably not looking for it with with zaltor's uh like connor's out of like if just between those two guys
0: yeah, um, two of the guys who uh, – actually, the two guys who rate the highest in the projections are Harris English and Terrell Hatton. They have, like, the biggest value ratings or whatever. And I guess, you know, they do very much fit the narrative of course fit, good long-term form, pre- pretty good short-term form for Harris English as well. Hatton better, like, long-term form, short-term, I- and then as good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Haddon, I think it's just like his baseline's substantially higher. Um, and then English is definitely in like maybe a slightly better course fit. It's done a little bit better here from a course history perspective. He's also been like a, on a heater um, over this last little stretch. Uh, big heater with the putter as well. I know – we talked to Nelson, he is one of the guys who's running the highest above his baselines. Um, as far as sun running, but he is still like a top end putter, so it's kind of like when speed runs hot, like it, I guess it just comes with the territory. Um, I don't have anything specific about like any of these guys. I, Brian Harmon, I kind of lump into that same conversation. It seems like English is going to be by far the most popular, so I guess I would prefer Harmon outright over English at half of the ownership, but I do think it's like, you have to be cognizant of the overall roster. And I feel like i like some of the top end um, chalky players. So maybe that's something where I'd play at most one of these guys as I go to build out a lineup.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So, so I guess anyone here that we think the baselines could be wrong on, or, or maybe is a little bit underpriced. I mean, the, the, the one that I was thinking was Rose, not, not that the baselines are wrong, but just that a couple times, and I, I've brought this up so many times, but it does feel like... He's been, he's been bad, though. He's been right. bad, but it, it does, like, if you're thinking about, okay, where are ways that I can deviate from the projections in a ways that make my lineup unique? And, like, at least the story that I can tell myself could be true. Justin Rose regaining world number one form for a week. I don't know. I could tell myself that story. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel you. Um, it's, it's definitely been a struggle for Rose. No, I, I don't. I don't think the baseline is. This, there's no like hidden injuries or anything that I'm aware of that we need to be trying to tease out or figure out with the projections. I, I do think some of the guys who are like elite ball strikers that are down here that are pretty bad with the putter, like Sergio Garcia, Victor Perez, both right inside the top 15 in the field. That it should be a course that suits them well. Um, they won't have to rely quite as much on off the tee play. And then obviously the the whole like you got to get hot with the putter, but. Um, I think as you're looking at potential pivots or ways to differentiate, um, those are two of the guys that kind of stood out that have at least outlier upside within approach, which we think will be important this week.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. The punts do we need, uh, I mean, one of these guys does probably end up in the winning lineup, right? Like just all, all things else being equal. Wouldn't you say one guy under 7,000 is like exceedingly likely to be in banking lineups?
1: Yeah, so if – I think you could even say, like, one guy, like, 65 and, and under. I mean, the field's not going to play a lot of them. But, uh, like, on average, you're going to get two point, let's see, 2.8 players priced at Ryan Palmer and below that finished inside the top 20 this week. And if you get a, a close to min price guy at the top 20s, like, it's going to be – Hard to see that guy not um, being on an optimal lineup, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, for if, if you know Siwoo Kim, I, I mean, even if Siwoo Kim finishes 18th but makes a bunch of birdies, right? He'll get in garrett Kigo, you know, whoever. Rob, how is Robert strab at this event? Like, I, don't, I was like, wondering that too. Yeah. Like I I get that the I get that a lot of the non-US players get their results from the Euro Tour or the Japanese Tour, whatever, and so that gets them up higher in the world rankings. But like, what is Robert Streb doing? Like, what I don't, how is that happening? I I have no idea. Like, let's let's go look at Robert Streb's official World Golf Ranking. He
1: won the RSM Classic in 2020, uh, the last of well, the last event that he played, and so uh, it's possible he's getting in because of that.
0: He is. Yeah. I mean, he's 137th in official world golf ranking. So it's got to be, it has to be that win. Um, I, I can't imagine. That's very, the rules of golf are so strange. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think, I think all these guys are going to be like 5% owned two. And so that's, that's one of the, if you're looking for a way to pivot off of like English Herman Hatton, Haddon, it, it's like you could just pivot outside of the range altogether and jam like three or four really high quality golfers in there um robin robert mcintyre ryan palmer which are the guys that jumped out to me and then i mentioned victor perez who's almost the cheapest golfer in the field is like a top 15 approach player in this field over the past three months and so i think there are a lot of ways that you can differentiate um by going down here and i'm like last week where like we felt like the field was probably pretty close to drawing dead if they were like challenge tour players i, I mean these are all quality pga tour golfers that are close to min priced here
0: yeah Um, all right. I think that, uh, that should do it for the DFS stuff. What are we, uh, are we, are we thinking about firing any bets for this event? I I don't see anyone, at least on the FanDuel odds, like Scheffler would be the closest one. Connors is one that, that looks decent, but it's, it's just so bunched up. Like Morikawa, Xander, Spieth, Brooks are, uh, DJ and JT are all in between 12 to one and 18 to one. So all that win equity is just up top.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think I, I still feel like that kind of mid tier, um, it has potential. Uh, I think like Fitzpatrick 34 to one, probably like fringe, like, like web sims, like those guys. Um, I, I feel like I'd like them better if they were 40, 45 to one in this field. It does feel like it's extremely flat this week. So, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't see much at first glance, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Wish I would have bet Xander last week. Wish I would have, wish I would have ridden it. I we mean, it. We did. We literally, we literally did tout it. Um, yeah. And then I guess, uh, what is there, is there an opposite field event this week? Yeah, there is. They're playing Bar- the, they're playing the Barracuda, barracuda yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, uh, I mean, we got we got there's some I mean how sad for Gary Woodland to be playing to be playing the opposite field event. What a what a bummer. Yeah. I mean I if I've uh surprised Justin Rose
1: isn't there with him.
0: Soon, buddy. Soon. And then finally I'll be able to stop talking about like the three months when he was a world number one. Joel Damon, forty five to one at the Barracuda. That actually that looks pretty decent. That uh that's a good price. I like it. Yeah. All right, there we go. Everyone, everything will be updated over on dailyroto.com. We'll have have the optimizer. We'll have the projections. We'll have the ownership projections. Everything you guys need to set winning lineups this week. And uh, good luck. We'll be back next week.